If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. And as we enter into this time of the stewardship season, we're going to talk through this morning the subject of time with grateful generosity. Let me read 2 Corinthians 9 and then pray, and then uh, let me just give you a few words here. The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Let's pray together. Lord, uh, take our time and we give it back to you. Take our thoughts, our Our hearts, and Lord, everything is yours in these moments. Uh, Teach us, refine us, shape us, mold us into your image. Let us not walk forth from this place the same. We love you, and we thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. If you have your outline, um, the sky's the limit. It's a blank piece of paper, so let's have fun together, all right? Let me me give you a quick word, and I I just kind of want to fall in line with Troy and Ann and just kind of share for a moment as we begin the stewardship season, I just want to share with you my heart for stewardship and this little card that you got in the mail. There's a lot of churches that have done away with something like this or a lot of uh, you know, people that would just say, this is stewardship season, let's just toss this to the side and we'll just kind of take it as it comes and give as it comes, comes in or we'll just kind of see how it happens in 2023 or uh, who really needs a plan. But let me just tell you what, what this does for me. Why, as a church, we continue doing this, and why, as a new pastor here, who's never been through a stewardship season and regular season, um, why we still do this. Every year, around this time, you, you get a card in the mail, and it's this nice rectangular card. To me, this card has come at an incredibly seasonable time for myself, but also for our family. I've been through some ups and downs, some highs and some lows, some, some points where I feel like I am failing miserably and uh, just not doing well at all, some times where I feel like the Lord is blessing, right? We, we all have those times and seasons where we just feel like, man, we're on the mountaintop and times we feel like we're in the valley. Times where you feel like as you look at time, talent, and treasure, you're really hitting on all cylinders and times you feel like the cars broke down on the side of the road. Yeah? Feel that, somebody? Anybody? Am I the only one up here? Well, when I get this card, this card is an opportunity to sit down and intentionally take stock of my life. To intentionally sit down with Brittany and our our kids and sit around the coffee table or sit around the, the dinner table. What this is not is an opportunity to say, box check, box check, box check, let's turn this in and get this thing over with. What this is is an opportunity for our family to sit down and take stock of the Lord's blessing in our life. In the beacon this week, I wrote, count your blessings, name them one by one. You remember that song? Count your blessings, name them one by one. To sit down and say, Lord, where have you blessed me? What are my talents? What are my gifts? What are my resources? How have you blessed me this year? As I'm looking to 2023, as I'm looking when when I'm going to preach, when I'm going to go on a mission trip, when our families are going to go on vacation, what are we going to do in this new year? It's an opportunity to say, what resource have you blessed me with? And Lord, how am I planning to utilize it in this new year for your kingdom and for your glory? This is not a check off the box kind of thing. 
This is an opportunity for us as a family to prayerfully, very prayerfully and, and carefully sit down with this card and say, Lord, this is all, all of what we've got, all of our time, all of our talent and resource, all of our treasure, it's yours, Lord. What are you calling us to in this new year? This has little to no purpose if we just sit down and check the boxes and turn it in the envelope and send it off. This is an intentional season in our church, an intentional season in your life to sit down and say, Lord, a new year's a coming. You're making plans, you're making ball plans, you're making plans to travel, you're, you're looking at your work calendar at the end of the year and you're saying, what in this new year am I called to? What are you leading me towards, Lord? And so this is a tailor-made opportunity at the end of the year for you to sit down with your family, with your wife, with your kids, with your husband, with your family and say, all right, guys, in 2023, where are we going? When we get to the end of 2023, what do we want to have accomplished? Who do we want to be as a family? What do we want to have done? Do we want to keep doing the things that we're doing right now? Are things working out well the way they are? Do we want to make adjustments? What does it look like for us? So for us as a family, this year, this is not going to be a, well, of course, I work here. I'm giving my time. Of course, I'm using what God's given me. And so, of course, uh, I'm going to give 10% because I'm the pastor here. And so let's just turn this thing in and let's keep, let's keep it trucking. Now, friends, this is a, on our knees, prayerful consideration or what have you entrusted to the Bethay family? What are you calling us to in this new year? And I pray as a church, we, we do the same. This is not just a, hey, we got to pledge the budget. No, this is a commitment card to say, Lord, we are committed to you. We are ready to follow you. We are ready to serve you. We're ready to go all in for you. So Lord, this is our commitment to you that we're gonna utilize the time that we have been given, the talent that we have, you have entrusted us with and the resources that you have blessed us with to further your kingdom. And so this card becomes a commitment to you to say, Lord, we're all in and we're ready to serve you. When I think about this stewardship season, I think back to where we were last year as a church. This time last year, it was October 31st or October 28th, I can't quite remember, but I preached the first sermon of stewardship and it was our first Sunday back in Stakely Sanctuary. After several weeks of the fire and meeting outside, we stepped back into Stakely Sanctuary on the first Sunday of stewardship. And I preached from Colossians chapter 4, 2 through 6. Y'all remember that? Just say you do. It would make me feel a lot better. <laughs> Colossians 4, 2 through 6. I preached, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, also pray for us that God may open a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on which account I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak, walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. When I look back over this past year, friends, we have stewarded the season the Lord has brought us to well. You as a church, you have stewarded the season the Lord has brought you to well. But it reminds me individually, as I look across this room, I see each of you are in different seasons. All of us are in different seasons in our lives. Some of you are bringing children home from the hospital for the first time. Some of you are newly married. Some of you have your first grandchild coming home. Some of you are starting your first job. Some of you are graduating college. Some of you are in high school and junior high. Some of you are new widows. Some of you are up and some of you are down. 
All of us in this room are in a season. The Lord has brought you into a season. Now, for some of you, this season will be long. For some of you, it'll be short. But the reality is the Lord has brought us into a season. Whatever it looks like, whatever we are in, the reality is each of us across this room, it's the reason I love this church because I look out and I see all people in different seasons of life, ages and stages represented in this room. There's much that we can learn from one another as we walk through these seasons together. But no two seasons looks the same. And so the Lord has brought us into these seasons to be faithful with the season the Lord has brought us to. And at the end of the day, if we're faithful with this time, then we'll be found faithful at the end of our time. If we're faithful with this time, in this season, then friends, we will be found faithful at the end of our time. So whatever season the Lord has brought you to, wherever you are, friends, be faithful in that season, not looking to the season that is to come, but the Lord has brought you where you are right now. So let's be faithful in this season. For many months, uh, we've been in our house for two years, and I look out in our back uh, yard, and I see we have this nice little garage-type deal back there. And for two years since we've moved in, I've been talking about cleaning up that garage. You have that space in your house? You look at it and it just mocks you, saying, you're not going to clean me up. I know you're not. Stay filthy out here, right? You've got those places in your home. I know you do. I'm not the only one. And for two years, I've been saying, you know what? When it gets a little cooler, I'm going to go out and I'm going to clean that garage out. Just, I just, it, it was too hot out here. I need to get a little bit cooler. And as this cool weather has come in, you know what has been on my mind? It's just a little too cool out here. I'm going to wait until it gets a little warmer. And when it gets a little warmer, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to really take it. I'm going to really clean that shed up. You feel that? That in these different seasons, we always say, you know, this next season that's around the corner, man, faithfulness is going to reign in our home and our heart. When I just get a little more, then I'm going to see myself be more faithful. When I can finally find the time, then I'm going to really serve the way I want to. In the next season, when I get a promotion and I have more free time or when I have more vacation days, then I'm going to live on mission. You know, my kids get a little older and they don't wake up as early, then I'm going to be better in my devotions and my quiet times and my prayer life. You see that we always have this tendency to say, in the next season the Lord brings us to, then I'll be found faithful. Friends, if we're going to be faithful with this time, this season, this place that the Lord has brought us to, If we're faithful in this, then we will be found faithful at the end of our time. So this morning, let's talk for a moment about what does it mean for us to be a steward. If you have your outline, I've got some blanks. You don't have them, but you can just write them in if you'd like to. What does it mean for you to be a steward? As we go into this season of talking about time, talent, and treasure, what does it mean, first and foremost, to be a steward? First is to recognize that all that we have, our time, our talent, and treasure, all that we have, it is the Lord's. All that we have, it's the Lord's. And that recognition that all we have, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, every good and perfect gift is from above. As we recognize that all we have is the Lord's, then we steward it much more wisely. When we make that shift to recognize that this time that we've been given, this treasure, this talent that we have been afforded is a gift from the Lord, then we utilize it much more differently than when we believe that it is ours. Let me give you a case study. When I turned 16, I 
I was given the joy of driving my dad's uh, red interior and exterior Ford Explorer. Thing was red. Not the pretty red either. Sorry, dad. It was a very ugly red. But I was 16 and I was just delighted to be able to drive a car, right? Just so excited to drive and be able to have that freedom. And so it was my dad's car that he was allowing me to drive. And so there was a, there was a responsibility to inherit because I respect my dad and I wanted to do him well. And so there was a respect getting into that car every time. Even the other day, driving his car, even as a 35-year-old, there's respect getting into my dad's car that I want to make sure I don't leave it back on full and make sure that we drive it well and don't come back with scratches. There's a responsibility in driving my dad's car that he has given me the opportunity for. It's a much different experience when I go get a rental car. Right? It's not mine. I paid for it, and so I feel like they owe the car to me. And I can't do it in my own car, so I feel like it's an opportunity to do it in their car. If you own a rental car business, I'm so sorry. <laughs> right? But it, you're paying for it. You, there's a different level of responsibility. You know you've been there before. You may ride that thing a little bit hotter. You may park those brakes a little bit quicker. Right? It's not yours at the end of the day. There's no, you're not going to take it through the car wash. You're going to leave it on as full as you possibly can be to get by with not having to pay that extra charge. Right? It's not yours. You don't care about that car. There's no interest beyond turning it in. There's a different level when you realize you've been given a gift and when you are the one who's paying and when it's owed to you. When we're a good steward, we recognize that all that we've got has been entrusted to us from the Lord. And we recognize the gift that you have been given of your talent and your resource is a gift from the Lord. The time that you have been given is an afforded gift from the Lord. Secondly, we have a choice with everything that's entrusted to us. We recognize that all that we've been given is the Lord's, but we also recognize that we do indeed have a choice with everything that is entrusted to us. How will we utilize it? Will we use it well? Will we use it poorly? Will we waste it? Will we invest it? What will we do with what we have been given? You, you have a choice. You have a choice with what's been given and what's been entrusted to you to either be found faithful or to squander, to use it well or to use it poorly. Let's unpack together Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17, to look at what does it look like for us to have a heart of wisdom in our days as we go through them. If you have your Bibles, turn with me over to Ephesians chapter 5 real quick, 15 through 17. This will be our model for how we walk through our days with wisdom as we follow Jesus. Ephesians chapter 5, 15 through 17 says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I think if I could give you any verses that may help us understand how we walk in wisdom with the days that we've been given, it's Ephesians chapter five. Look carefully then how you walk. Let's unpack it for a second. Again, you have your blank sheet of paper, so you have room to write some of these things out. First, look carefully. Look carefully. This means, Paul writing, be wise, be thoughtful, consider how you're using your days. Be careful how you're planning your time. Be careful, be thoughtful, be instructive about what it looks like for you to steward your time well. With no plan, you will waste. And so you think through your days, your weeks, your months, your year, you take time to intentionally plan and think and make decisions about how you're gonna spend your time. 
As Paul writes, look carefully. Two simple words, but so rich with meaning. To be careful in how you're planning your days and your time. It's amazing how quickly a day can go by without any thought given to how you're going to utilize it wisely. As we talk about this stewardship season, that's precisely what we're asking each one of us to do. To look carefully. To ponder carefully. To with wisdom think through what it looks like for us to spend a day. You think about spending money of your wallet. You go over and you hand a 20. You're spending a $20 bill. But you're also spending your day, day after day. So look carefully then how you're spending your day. Look carefully. Then how you will walk. How will you utilize and spend those precious moments every day? 24 hours, 86,400 seconds in a day. What are your priorities by which you spend each and every day? Now, if you would, I know you're maybe running out of room on the front side, but the good news is I've given you a special feature on the back side. It's blank as well. So if you would, turn it over for a second and maybe do me a favor. I want to give you a little lesson, a little object lesson here. I'm not, not too good at these, but I'm going to try my best. I want, you to, I want you for a moment to write down your top three or four priorities in your life. Do, do it right now, just on your sheet of paper. Write down your top three or four priorities in your life, and let's assume that you've transferred them up here onto the screen or up here onto the stage. And so go ahead and just take a moment as I'm preparing this to, to write down your, your top few priorities. What are they? What do they look like? What are your top priorities in your life right now? Just write them down. You're doing a great job. Many of your heads are down, so I'm guessing you're not asleep. You're doing good. All right, so let me just say, maybe yours are, are much like mine, that you've got things like family, right? So you've got family right there, and you've got uh, things like your, your job, maybe a good one. Maybe you've got, uh, maybe you've got uh, recreation and fun. Let's put that one up there, because that's a good one. And then uh, you've, got, you've got God, because we're at church, right? And so, um, and actually, I think if I got this right, that would be first, so... Let's do that. Let's do that order so we make sure we get this right. So maybe your buckets look something like this, right? Is that about what you've got down? Maybe some different things. Maybe you've gone in more detail with your list. But essentially, many of us would have things like this somewhere laid out. And again, order is not quite as important. But for many of us, we, we come to the day and we recognize that we have these priorities that we spend. And we, we spend our lives working on how does it look like. So we're just going to go through and we're going to have a little fun and we're going to make sure that we have some family time taken care of. We make sure that the job is done. And we go back and we look and say, well, I need to spend a little more time with the family. Okay, the job is there. And then, oh goodness, well, need to put a little bit more in there. And we come back and we take stock of where we are and we think, well, I'm not satisfied in any of these. This is not good. And then we play around with what we got. Maybe we take a little time out of the family one. We, oh man, things are getting really heavy at work, so we take a little bit out of the job. And then, oh goodness, uh, things are getting crazy back over here, so we need to have a little fun to make up for it. And then, man, family, we're juggling over here, and we're putting some things over here, and then we've forgotten about God for three weeks, and so we come back over here and put a little in there, and then we're back over here doing things in the job. You, you feel that? There's some water up here, some waste um, as well, and that's part of it too. So we, we can... We spend our time taken back and just looking at these little buckets and saying, man, none of these, if this is supposed to be my relationship with the Lord, this thing is, it's just got a few droplets and this is supposed to be the living water and I've got barely anything in here. I'm barely making it in my job, I'm barely making it in family, I've got not much left to give and this God one is, is quite, quite empty. I know in my life I can feel like this is the reality of my day. 
never quite enough to give, never quite enough to go around, nothing quite satisfying. And our relationship with the Lord can be, can be anything than less than. Let me give you a word as we, as we examine and look at what these things look like for us. As you have these different priorities that you live your life on and trying to fulfill and satisfy all these, let me, let me recognize first and foremost that yes, our relationship with the Lord in the sense of us going to church and being involved in small groups is certainly a thing that we need to prioritize and do well. But the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek ye first. And so often we look at these things and think, well, man, I'm, by, by time-wise, I'm not seeking you first. The reality is, as I've told you before, your priority list is not, God is not one of the priorities on your list. He is the very list by which you write all of your priorities. You're seeking first the kingdom of God at your job. You're seeking first the kingdom of God in your family. You're seeking first the kingdom of God in your recreation and in your rest. In all these things, you're seeking first the kingdom of God in all of these things. The gospel changes how you spend your fun time, your family time, and your job. The gospel changes every avenue and area of everything that you do. The gospel is not just one bucket that you pour a little bit of your time in and then everything is satisfied from there. The gospel is not just one avenue that you spend time and you have to take care of. No, the gospel is intertwined into everything that you do. Your relationship with the Lord, again, is not a bucket to be filled. It is every portion of your soul seeking first the kingdom of God in everything. And friends, as we look carefully, as we look at our days and our priorities and the things that we have going on and all the things that are heavy on our shoulders all the time that we have, you look at Ephesians chapter five, it says, then let us walk not as unwise, but as wise. Recognizing that you've only got a finite amount of resource, that time is the most precious of gifts that you have been given. You look at Psalm 90, 12, teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom This is it, Lord, teach me to number my days that I may have a heart of wisdom, that I could walk, that I could utilize these things that you have put on my plate, that I would do them in the wisest of ways, that I would spend my 86,000 seconds in a wise way, my 24 hours, my one week, that I would use them wisely and in order. And until you look carefully, friends, we often do not do that. But it's also a moment like this that you look at something like this and you say, well, I'm barely making it as it is, and now I feel bad because I don't feel like I can rest. My goal for us this morning is not just to say, hey, you need to be filling up these buckets to overflow, and you need to give all of yourself, and if you're laying on the couch having an afternoon nap, you're doing it wrong. Now, the Lord has ordained a Sabbath. He's ordained a time for us to rest, and it's good for us and his people to rest deeply. But at the same time, we, we need to look carefully how we're expending our days and our time. That we're using every droplet that we've got to invest in what God has brought us to in the season that we are in. As parents, the season that you're in, are you employing and investing every droplet that you've got well? Moms and dads, grandparents, are you investing and utilizing those droplets that you've got? Not as wise, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the best use of the time because 
We want to be faithful today. To sum up all that I'm trying to say, this came from the beginning, that we want to be faithful today. Somehow scientists or researchers have come up with the reality that we make 35,000 decisions a day. Some of you, even that statement gives you a grip of anxiety in this moment, right? 35,000 decisions every day. You're going to wake up, you're going to stay in bed. For some of you, that's like a that's 3,000 decisions just right there, right? How many times are you going to click the snooze button? Are you going to brush your teeth or are you not going to brush your teeth? I hope that's a resounding yes every time, right? Are you going to leftovers or lunch? I mean, 35,000 decisions that you make on a daily basis. Some of them you're not even thinking about. Can I tell you that our goal and our calling with our time is to take the next right step of obedience in your life? I I don't think I can say it enough in this church that we take the next right step of obedience that the Lord leads you to. In the season that you're in, in the 35,000 decisions that you will make today, take the next right step of obedience. In my life, at times, I can groan about the things that I'm not, but I'm not making the decisions today that would affect the future. So will you, today, take the next right step of obedience in your life, utilizing the time that the Lord has blessed you with in a way that glorifies the Lord? Friends, take, take the next right step of obedience towards the Lord and with the Lord. I'm so thankful that Ephesians chapter five finishes after saying, therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It continues on, don't get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God our Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. As you come to the end of this, therefore don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's almost like he reminds us that one of the best expenditures of our time is with other people glorifying the Lord, is being together as a faith family, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord in your heart. There's no bad time to glorify and honor the Lord together. There's no foolish way to address the Lord in psalms and spiritual hymns with making melody to the Lord in your heart. As we leave this place this morning, a heartbeat would be that we would simply say, Lord, all of me, Lord, it's yours. My time that I've been given. Or would you teach me to number my days that I may have a heart of wisdom to utilize every droplet in the wisest way possible so that if I'm faithful here, I'll be found faithful at the end. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you for this day. What a joyous occasion to come together in your house to glorify and honor you. Lord, be with us now as we come to this invitation. Lord, would you bless us with your wisdom and your peace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.